Hello, and welcome back to Queer Alien Blast. What you're about to hear is part two of our Maliks episode. In the previous section, we discussed a lot of themes and tropes as they relate to Maliks, and we'll continue with that here in part two, digging a little deeper into the themes of family, parallels with other ships on the show, and of course their cosmic connection. We'll also discuss Maliks and how they are viewed in fandom both as a couple and as separate characters. As always, we'd love to hear your reactions to the episode, so please reach out to us at Queer Alien Blast on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Next, we're going to talk about Maliks and the idea of family because they're each other's family. And I get really emotional just thinking about it. Come on, we have to go. Now. We have to get through. The alarm is not a suggestion, okay? Nothing gets out alive. They're my family, Alex. Initiating quarantine protocol. You have two minutes to evacuate. All right, maybe. But you are mine. You know, and both of them, I think, have this very strange relationship with the idea of family because, Mm -hmm. you know, Michael doesn't really. I mean, he has Isabel and Max to a degree, but that I think that's a very fraught relationship. Mm -hmm. And then Alex, you know, obviously his relationship with his family is tied with a lot of trauma and anger and violence and hurt. So the idea that they can find family in each other is something that I really hope that they don't drop going forward because right that prison scene is just still beautiful that you know they're each other's family well the key to the key to found family or the key to family in general is that sense of sort of unconditional love Mm -hmm. that i don't know that michael really feels that from anyone other than maybe isabel Mm -hmm. um because max was very conditional this season he went back and forth many times you're not my friend you're not my family Mm -hmm. well that's not how that works and Mm -hmm. that's not what Michael needs. And so he has possibly Isabel and, and, you know, Alex and then Alex has, you know, Liz and Maria, um, in a way that he doesn't have his biological family. Um, this idea of unconditional love that they're both largely unfamiliar with. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to see between the two of them is this, I love you Mm -hmm. because of not in spite of, and I think that I think that that's I really think that's where it's going. I think that that's what we'll see mm-hmm. um, is that, you know, making the other feel worthy of that unconditional love that they haven't really gotten from their mm-hmm. their biological families or their um, in Michael's case, you know, how he grew up. Yeah. And I think that despite, you know, their miscommunication and their timing and, you know, trauma and everything, I think that that's the, the consistent thing from high school to, you know, adult Michael uh, Maliks and because like you see them in high school literally when you meet them in high school Alex mm-hmm. is given you know Michael this safe place there's this tool shed out behind my house it's warm and I go there when things get bad so and you know this relationship that is safe and you know um, and something that I don't think that outside of maybe at that point, my, Max and Isabel, that Michael had with anyone else. Garen, Max, it's just me. I was just uh, hang, hanging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. It's good that you've been staying here. 
It's cold tonight. Uh, hey, I, I brought you this. It's, um, it's my brother's. I don't know. I thought maybe you'd use it. Why are you being so nice to me? <laughs> People don't always have an agenda. They can't just be nice to each other for no reason sometimes. Not in my experience. And in a way that is even deeper than Max and Isabel, because obviously they, they get the, the alien side of Michael, but on the side of abusive childhood and, you know, unsafe uh, home conditions and all of that, like Alex gets it, right. you know? So I think that in that way, they have common threads and common themes in their lives that have brought them together and are the basis for their relationship and that's, that's consistent to their relationship and it's what brings them together, you know? All right, um, we had a Anon on Tumblr that wanted to talk about parallels in season one between Malik's and Echo. Mm-hmm. So the two the two major relationships on the show and I think it was definitely obvious. I know Amanda, you did a, a series on parallels for them. Yes. That's my favorite thing I've ever made. And I think it's not something that I really noticed until I, until you made your series. And now in rewatches, I see it all the time. I mean, it's, it's constant. It's never. I mean, that gift set could have been a whole. There was three. There could have been a whole other one. There's a lot of I them. I mean, it is. You mm-hmm. watch it. And I, y'all, it is down to facial expressions. That's how paralleled it is. Like some of these scenes I was watching and it was like, this is, it's actually almost creepy. Um, it comes down to um, moments that, and sometimes it plays in reverse, which is why you don't really see it. Cause you know, you sometimes on the CW, they make their comparisons very obvious. And it's like, you switch from one scene to the other and you're like, okay. Um, but they, I mean, it's, it's just their relationship and all of that is, um, it is echo. Um mm-hmm. And I, and I kind of, that, it, it, not that I want to use the word in game because I really do hate that word, but I think that that's important that the major ship of the show and Malik's have so many moments that are so similar to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. If we're going to talk about end game, I think um, for me, the short answer there is that as long as Lisa and Max are end game, so are Malik's. Right. That's the short answer for me. Like, there are just way too many parallels. And I think, I mean, some of them could be, you know, not thought out. But, like, most of them are very, very clearly, some of them even literally spelled out in canon, they're very clear, very thought out, you know? I have... Right, exactly. That it's not... That there's no way that it's an accident. Yeah, right? exactly. Some of these like, some of be, these could but be... But some of them, there's no way this is... Yeah, right. exactly. I have, like, five of six of them. Like, you know, aside from the 10 years reunion, right. high school versus adult life, you know, they have, like, this Romeo mm-hmm. and Juliet kind of type of relationship. And then, you know, the one that's spelled out in canon that one is forced to live. Um, right. That's a big you know, one. however that different the two um, living situations are, but like they're still it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, I think this is a big one: the idling that Max says about Liz. You know that I've been idling for ten years and and all of that. And I think that's what Michael has been doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because Alex hasn't been there, um, relationship wise or life wise, whatever. And right. 
and the timing like our timing sucks and Liz says that and like if that doesn't apply to Malik's mm -hmm. I don't know what does you know um so yeah there's a lot of them right and well and I think you know they um when I was making those gift sets and I was looking um like even the, the first time we they see each other in the show um mm -hmm. in, in episode one it's you know very similar like shocked faces this sort of the way that they carry their bodies mm -hmm. one scene actually freaked me out how it was so similar so Liz says I pulled up the gift set because I can never remember what Liz and Max scenes very well <laughs> sorry um but Liz basically says I'm sorry Max the, the handprint faded and you were right I don't feel the way that you do mm -hmm. um and Max sort of looks down he has that sort of hangdog mm -hmm. puppy look um, and then I put that next to uh, Alex saying what happened to the reunion cannot happen again Okay, oh, yeah. and then Michael does the exact same thing. He looks down. It's the same amount of frames I know that's an accident, <laughs> but it's the same amount. It's literally the same amount of frames the same like you side by side And it's so bizarre to watch mm -hmm. because that but that emotion is so deep in both of them And you can feel it coming out of both of them And I just think that that's something that is going to continue. We don't want either of Malik's to die That's not the parallel we want yeah. <laughs> but in other ways. Yeah. Even, quote unquote, die. Right. Yeah. The, the fake die. <laughs> but I think the most important Malik's and Echo parallel that I, that is my favorite, um, that when somebody originally asked for this parallel like a million years ago and I did it, I like gasped out loud, but it's Liz's. You make me feel like I am teetering on the edge of a cliff. Um, and Michael's coming back to him. It always feels like a crash land. Um, it's such a dramatic thing to say that is so true for for both of their relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just so visceral and like physical. Yeah. And they're like, it's funny how they're on opposite ends of it. Like Liz wants that right now. And Michael right. doesn't right, right, want right, right, it. Right, right. Like they're on opposite right. ends of the, you know, the metaphor or whatever. Right. Well, and I think that that's perfect because, of course, Liz has lived in the last few years this sort of very um, more regimented life mm -hmm. and, and has probably not let herself. I mean, she's traveled and done all that, but she's kept herself very guarded. Max is, you know, giving her a chance to really teeter on the edge of a cliff to actually live a little bit. Mm -hmm. Whereas Michael's had an entire life of, of crash landings. Mm -hmm. You know, I he doesn't want any more. Yeah. <laughs> like, give give... Give him a soft place to land rather than a crash landing, which is where I think he is. So we also wanted to talk about, you know, we've, we talked about Malik's and Echo parallels. Uh, and throughout the show, Malik's has kind of had a secret relationship that everybody seems to know about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have Max who knew about Malik's for the last 10 years and you know Isabel you know Michael coming coming out to Isabel and you know Maria and Liz finding out about it and and all that so I'd, I'd like to take a minute here and talk about other characters in relation to Malik's um, I mean the most important is let's talk about Kyle who's the captain of the Malik ship <laughs> trying to force Alex to have a conversation with Michael and I would just like to say that that's one of the reasons I love Kyle Valenti <laughs> um, is because he's saying the things that need to be said to the both of them. You're an idiot. Just go talk. It's just talking. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, it's not, you know, anything more than that. It's just opening your mouth and, and communicating. Um, and of course they didn't do it, but he tried. He tried his best. <laughs> he tried to get them to do it. 
<laughs> you know what, Kyle? You're going against a lot of years of no communicating. Yeah. <laughs> You're doomed to fail. But I do really appreciate that there was someone who was um, a little bit on the, definitely on the outside mm-hmm. of it and didn't really have, you know, was just sort of offering um, advice that they really needed to hear um, without being emotionally mm-hmm. in it in a way that, you know, I think it's, you know, like Liz and Maria or whoever might be that Kyle was able to, to really see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just kind of imagine Kyle, like the friend in the corner, just like cheering Alex on, like two thumbs yeah, up. Like, you like, got this. You can do this. Woo, you can do it. <laughs> I'm just like a big banner yeah. that just says Malik. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, when it comes to Malik's and other characters on the show, I think that this is a running theme in, all, in the whole show is like who knows what at any time, you know? Like, even if the, like by now the whole group knows right. and we know the whole group knows, but even... Michael and Alex don't know that everybody knows. I don't think that, like, Alex knows that Max and Isabel know, and Michael doesn't know that. Well, Liz, of course, because it was in the finale, and but even Kyle and, well, Jenna. I mean, we don't know that Michael has any kind of relationship with Jenna, so. Um, but, like, they don't know that. And even when other characters know about their relationship, I don't think that they know like i think that in a lot of cases maybe they think that it's one-sided mm-hmm. you know or they they have no idea how deep it runs uh, and not even with just maria because what maria of course is going to be the one that's under the microscope right now because like she's the one who's you know trying to start a relationship with michael and all of that so right but even with kyle you know he sees alex's side of it and um, max and isabel see Michael's side of it so like at any time it's all these pieces of you know information that no one has the whole picture and I think it's going to be really interesting to see them possibly in a group situation in season two with everybody knowing one way or another you know that they have this connection like there's something going on there right that's what I'm excited to see, right? Yeah, I mean, because I think that's, especially for in, in terms of being a shipper, like seeing their, how they act around one another when there's other people around or in a group setting is, I mean, is making my heart flutter at the idea of, of you know, because they, they deserve that. I mean, if they really want to give this a shot at some point in the future, then they have to sort of learn to be comfortable in a group with other characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't always be isolated. That's just not how it works. And that's not a relationship that would work on a show like the CW. I mean, it, you know, yeah. it would have to be with much more people involved. And I, I'm, I'm, I think that's probably going to be a lot of season two. It just in my head that you're going to see them with a lot more diverse group of characters rather than just one another. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and that's probably good because the scenes with just the two of them, it's like a pressure cooker. Yeah. It's so much and it's intense and it's all of that, that, you know, it might be nice to, to have a Malik scene that doesn't make me want to cry in a bathtub. Yeah, please. No. Imagine being able to, like, watch a kind of a, a you know, just an easy, breezy, easygoing Malik scene. There is not one. There's little moments, maybe. Yeah. Um, but no. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be nice to see them outside of that pressure cooker. All right. I know this is one of Lee's favorite themes to talk about here. And we had the Tumblr and on mention it and um, Deanne, who's on Twitter, uh, read with joy. 
that wanted to talk about the cosmic connection between Malik's and the theme that pieces want to be together. So which is it breaks me every time. <laughs> no, it's hilarious to me in a good way. That scene pieces want to be together. What do you mean they want to be? I laughed out loud when, when I first saw it because it was it's such a great line. It really is. Um, and it's mm-hmm. so true and it's so not subtle. Um, <laughs> but it is it's so delightfully CW cheesy that it makes me very happy to hear it. Like it was just when I that line really brings me a lot of joy. Well, and also that's just that's peak dramatic bisexual Garen-ness like that whole <laughs> oh yeah that whole like scene with the piece like okay calm down bro like you don't need to be that dramatic but it was perfect but I mean every single time I, I watch that scene I'm like I want to shake Alex and be like it's a metaphor Alex please wake up Alex. it's a metaphor please realize that 99% of the time when Michael's talking he's talking about you guys I don't know. And I love, you know, and and the cosmic scene is obviously beautiful. Um, I do remember friends in another fandom uh, right after that episode aired, you know, I had the the scene or whatever and she reblogged it and she put in the comments, she's like, what the fuck is this? Um, Because it it is such a cheesy line. If you get it out of context, you just think like, oh, but the way that they say it to one another, Mm -hmm. the, the cosmic line is, I mean, I could listen to that for the rest of my life. But we didn't even know each other that well. Did we? I mean, we just, we, we connected like something cosmic. Yeah, but we didn't even do that much talking. Just that recognizing that it's... And he's so forceful with it. Right, and it's just recognizing that it wasn't just some harmless teen romance mm-hmm. um, that has like an expiration date, that it was something deeper to the both of them. Mm-hmm. That obviously it's something that they've stuck with for this long. You don't pine or think about or wait for someone for a decade when it's just something minor you just Mm -hmm. don't do it you would you would naturally move on but clearly Mm -hmm. something kept them waiting and i do like that cosmic was the word they went for yeah and i mean i i also love that um they both kind of seem to realize that that isn't going to be enough you know like it's a start um and it's the basis of their connection but it's not going to be enough and i want to talk I want to start over. I, I want to, I don't know. I want to be friends. I, <sighs> I want to know who you are, Garen. So um, they're going to have to do something about it, you know, um, right. which I love. And also what I love about that scene, um, that the line that I love uh, in that scene is where Michael is kind of yelling and, and, I, and Alex goes, I'm tired of not saying what I want to say. And what do you want to say, Alex? That I loved you. And I think that you loved me. For a long time. Yeah. And they're kind of both, not yelling, but, you know, their voices are raised. And I'm like, every single time, elbow on fire gif. Every single time. <laughs> because, like, their whole relationship is a fan fiction. Right. All of it is a fan fiction come to life. And I love it. Of course. I know, fan, fan, I know. That's, again, I've, I'm 100% with you. That's the first thing I thought of on a lot of these lines is, I'm pretty sure I read that in a fanfic once. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that may play, and I'm not sure, I know Karina started out in like TV journalism, but I think we're getting this generation of TV writers now 
who grew up in early online fandom. And so now they're getting a chance to kind of bring these things to life that we grew up with, you know. And so you're going to get more of this kind of dramatic Mm -hmm. fan fiction-esque TV content because the millennials are taking over and we grew up with, you know, Harry Potter fan fiction, you know, where... They declare, you know, declare their undying love for each other in these most dramatic, ridiculous ways. And we all swooned over it. And now we're in charge. Because <laughs> here's what I want. I want them to continue yelling romantic things at one another very aggressively. <laughs> but I also want them to communicate in some way. Um, but I do think that's true. That this is absolutely like a fanfic writer's dream. Which is why I think we have so many writers who are active in this fandom. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of what Malik's represent is so malleable and so inspirational in terms of writing fiction. Because of their foundation. And there's so many, there's so many like a lost decade to, you know, and all of this that is just fodder for writers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably a good segue into our next section where we're going to destroy any popularity and likability that we have in the fandom. Oh, yep. (laughs) Talk about uh, Malik's relationship to fandom. Um, And we had a question from Chasing. Mm Mm-hmm. She wanted to know why Malix was the queer couple that caught our attention and what makes uh, what makes us love them so much. Well, what's funny is I think I, for a lot of people, what brought them to Roswell, New Mexico was being a big fan of the original and or knowing Tyler Blackburn or even Nathan Parsons. I didn't know any of that. I watched the original Roswell but very vaguely. I was much more of a Dawson's Creek, like, obsession. Mm-hmm. Roswell was just sort of something I vaguely watched. Couldn't really tell you what happened. You know, I don't really remember. It was so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't even know. If it weren't for Tumblr, I, I, I will say that the power of, of Tumblr that, that TV shows need to recognize is without being on Tumblr, I never would have watched Roswell, New Mexico. Never mm-hmm. would have done it. Because mm-hmm. um, it just wouldn't have... I would have been like, aliens? Fucking what? I don't care. Um, but I think it was... Um, the minute that I saw one of the gift sets and then I watched it, it's, and we talked about it earlier. It's just their intensity and their scenes together. That chemistry I haven't seen in a TV show in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say this. I rarely now start shows that don't have queer characters in it. So oh, yeah. um, exactly what you said, like the power of Tumblr is that when you when a show has queer characters and more so a queer relationship, um, you know about it like immediately. Oh yeah, Tumblr is not subtle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like with Evan to um like the first two episodes being so full of Malik's content that's when it started blowing up you know for me at least in my timeline and what's funny is that when I first saw some of the gifs I thought that Vlamis was Daniel Sharman (laughs) thought he was who he was from Teen Wolf wow um because like the curls and like the jaws Mm -hmm. like whatever in some scenes they look very similar and I was like wait a minute Diana Sharman is being gay on television? I have to watch this. <laughs> and like very quickly realized that was not Diana Sharman. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but also very quickly I fell in love with, Ma- with Michael and with Alex. So, But yeah, that, uh, what drew me in was, okay, seeing the gifts on Tumblr, of course. And then when I started watching, the tension. By that time, two episodes were out. So like 
the first two episodes, of course, there's a lot of tension. And I was like, I want to know what happened to these two. Like, what is going on with them? Like, why are they like this? Because, like, it's an established relationship by the first episode. Like, you know that there's something there and you know that there's something behind that. Mm -hmm. So, like, what happened? I want to know what happened. Right. And what I love about them is that I think this is very rare for a queer relationship or for queer characters in general, um, but that they're so complex. They're like, as their own characters, they're very complex, but also their relationship. And, you know, um, not just like in a cliche way of, uh, though, like with the love triangle, it kind of like steps into that cliche stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, I think in a lot of ways, not a lot of queer relationships are allowed to be complex in the way that marks are you know there's the mm -hmm. trauma there's you know the, the miscommunication there's the not being on the same page and a lot of the time you know queer relationships are just tokeny and you know here right it doesn't feel vital to the story like yeah exactly in a lot of in a lot of shows like exactly. the queer relationship feels like you put it in there to tick a box yeah this feels with Malik's that it is integral to how the show functions. That yeah. it, it feels like this is a very much an important piece to the whole story. And I think that that is something that I haven't seen very often. Mm -hmm. I'm not a very avid TV watcher at all. Like, so for me, mm -hmm. this was even more of a revelation because of basically what you're saying. Because it just, it need to, I, I watch most of my TV in the fucking 90s, early 2000s, when queer characters were meant to be hilarious and in the corner and they were never given depth. And so this is sort of a TV renaissance for me personally. And Malix is really at the center of that. Well, and... And I agree that, you know, it's different because it's the, the relationship is integral. And I remember yeah. Karina making a comment. They asked her, you know, something along the lines of what made you decide to write the show or to create the show. And she said when she came up with Malik's mm -hmm. and when she decided to go to go with Malik's and, to, and that was the game changer for her. And it, so it's not it's not just this token relationship. It mm -hmm. feels very critical and very, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that also plays out when we go to those echo parallels mm -hmm. because echo is the ship on the show and yeah. for Malix to kind of be along this same path i think says a lot about the importance of their storyline and their relationship on the show which is refreshing to see they're not just this token you know queer couple in the background holding hands you know and like until it's time for one of them to die yeah and both both their relationship and them as characters because like a lot of the time maybe mm -hmm. their relationship can be important but maybe one of them is just you know a guest star or you know a minor character and mm -hmm. they're not like they're both important to the story and they're both important as single separate characters to what's happening and mm -hmm. they have their own storylines and all of that so that's what i love like no part of their relationship or them as characters is tokeny mm -hmm. Okay, let's move on to what I think is going to get us in trouble, but I'm excited to talk about it, which is fandom's reaction to Malik's. Um, we are all kind of rooted in Tumblr fandom, mm -hmm. which tends to skew the queer ships, you know, especially the MLM ships, I think definitely have more prominence on Tumblr. Mm -hmm. um, oh, well, and, and just in fandom in general, and that's been going on for 20 years. I mean, you know, yeah, just in general. Um, yeah. yeah. But it just how quickly everybody 
like kind of latched on to Malik's in the fandom. It says a lot about the show, but it also says, I think it says a lot about the fandom. But there were also some kind of really strong anti-Malik's sentiment there. Right. You know, um, especially from the, especially from the OG fans. Right, right, right. And getting to watch from, uh, I didn't start watching live until the fourth, fifth episode, maybe. Um, but even from the fifth episode until the finale, the amount of fandom growth, um, fandom really grew really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Malik's fandom in, is the most dramatic by any means or the most, you know, wanky or mm-hmm. discoursey. I'm sure, I mean, there there are other bigger fandoms that have that. Um but I do, there is, a, there are many days where it does feel like that, that we're, we're, we're sort of bogged down in these massive discussions about Malik's and a lot of it comes down to the finale and the days after the finale were tense on Tumblr. Uh, and it was, it was a lot, to, a lot to take in. I do fully believe, um, fuck it, I'll just say it. I do fully believe in that one, that 1% fandom theory, mm-hmm. that 1% of fandoms are just dramatic tire fires mm-hmm. um and so you know only you notice it more in a smaller fandom because it's you know it, it could be only three two or three people but they're very very loud and they're very very there um yeah so um i don't know i i, I think the the malik's fandom is is one of is, is a beautiful thing to be a part of every day i mean i love it so much i've met some of my most favorite people um, but it is also very um, tense in a lot of ways. I agree. Yeah, I mean, what I wrote down is, um, I wrote down with great ship, ships come annoying shippers, <laughs> unfortunately. Like, that's the reality for every ship. Yeah. And we we are in a time in fandom where every queer ship blows up, on Tumblr at least, you know? Um, yeah. That's just the reality of, you know, representation and wanting to feel represented. But at the same time, you know, not everyone is going to be happy with our representation Mm -hmm. or how it's done or whatever. I wonder at what point uh, showrunners are going to start paying attention to people on Tumblr. And I I say that because Mm -hmm. you can absolutely see who's what ships are going to become popular Mm -hmm. when people are going to start creating every gift set that you and I make and other gift makers make is absolutely free advertising for the show. Yeah, it is, you know, it's in, it's all over the place and that's how you get people into new shows. And I've always found it intriguing that for them by and large, I think people sort of ignore fandom on Tumblr and they're not really a part of it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which now that I am in it, I see how much, different it is and like the, the discussions that are had I think are very important for showrunners to pay attention to because of not necessarily to change what they're writing but mm-hmm. just to see to be aware um, yeah. what people are paying attention to right 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 I did want to talk for a second here because there I've seen some comments in the past about fandom's reaction to Malik's versus fandom's reaction to other ships in the show. Oh, yeah. Like, there's been some complaints, you know, Malik's drowns out everything else because, you know. Oh, well. It's hard to find Echo. It's hard to find Myluka. It's hard to find, you know, whatever. Milix, Kylix, whatever. Um, Make your own content. I mean, I mean, I'm truly, and I'm not trying to be, I know it's probably very difficult to be um, a shipper of a ship that doesn't have as much content. I get that. I truly, truly do. And that's got to be, you know, kind of annoying. But I taught myself how to make gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know how to do it 
two years ago, a year and a half ago, you know, whatever. I found my people. You do you. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like that, the tag is getting overrun with other ships, then fill the tag with your own stuff. I mean, I don't know what else to tell people yeah. except that I'm not going to feel bad for having a ship that I enjoy that inspires me creatively. Exactly. I wouldn't want their creativity to be ruined by, you know, Mike's, you know what I mean? Like their excitement is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. If you're a fan of Echo, yeah. then mm-hmm. create a way, create your stuff. You know, I, I mm-hmm. have no, I, I have friends who make um, Echo gift sets and they never get requests. They don't ever, you know, people aren't out there in the same way that they are with Malik's. There's nothing we can do about that. And I'm not going to apologize for it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I love a lot of characters on the show and I love a lot of um, ships on the show, not necessarily to a point where I feel inspired to create content. And we don't have to. We do Mm -hmm. this for free. Exactly. Yeah. And the second Mm -hmm. thing is um, whenever I do make content for those, you know, underrepresented or whatever um, characters, mostly because ships, I don't do it it a lot, but um, characters mostly they don't get reblogged like they they don't get attention so like why would i create content for stuff that doesn't get any attention right i mean or it's you know if it's something that you know if i want to make i'll make it or if someone you know i it really just comes down to i don't know the the fandom part of this is frustrating i think for me because Mm -hmm. i don't really understand caring what other people are doing with their ships um you don't have to ship malik's who in the world is making you no one you don't have to absolutely live your life i don't care um they're not real yeah so you're not gonna hurt my feelings Mm -hmm. but at the same time there are malik shippers who are very aggressive about other shippers in the fandom and it's like what does it matter we are literally talking about fictional characters touching their genitals together (laughs) like it literally doesn't matter if someone else is is into it as you are i mean who cares you know so it's just that part of it is exhausting and i really wish that it would stop because it, 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 I've had lots of people who have sent me messages or anons and they're like this. I don't want I've left the fandom. I'm still, you know, looking out for your stuff and I still want to talk, but I can't do this fandom anymore. And how sad is that? Mm-hmm. That a grown person feels like they can't be part of this really fun thing because they're constantly being told, you know, X, Y and Z. Mm hmm. All right. Well, I think we could do a whole episode on fandom and we might want to consider that, but we should probably move on. <laughs> I'm okay with that. We do have one more thing in fandom that I really did want to discuss because this really has really enraged me. Oh, so, gotcha. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I have things to say. <laughs> I wish you all could see all of us. We're like getting I'm ready get, to I'm fight. gearing up. <laughs> um, okay. So at the end of the finale, you know, Malik's have gone their separate ways for all intents and purposes. And Michael is uh, interested in Maria at the very least. Mm -hmm. They may not be in a relationship or whatever. And everybody was so mad at Michael after the finale because he chose Maria or whatever. And there's been such a huge backlash against my Luca, particularly with, with certain corners of the Malik's fandom. Mm -hmm. And then as we've gotten closer to season two, which just seems so far away um we're starting to get little bits and pieces and we've heard you know that alex is supposed to have this new love interest in season two forest or whatever he he, he intends up being mm-hmm. so i look at the reaction with my luca 
and how angry everybody got and how much they hated Maria and hated Michael. And then Alex is getting this new love interest who's a man. And all of a sudden, all people are like, oh, I can, I can, I'm going to ship Alex and Forrest or Alex. I'm already shipping it. Yeah. And you don't even know who he is. And it's fetishizing the gay characters and it pisses me off. Well, here's my thing with, with that is that the, what, what I think what enraged me was that there were people that were saying, um, I'm mad about my Luca because, um, I don't want anyone to get in the way of my ship. Mm-hmm. Totally valid. I get that. I understand that. And these are the same people who have turned around and are already shipping this new person for Alex. Yeah. Um, that is where the breakdown is for me. Like mm-hmm. that I don't, I'm not understanding. So you're angry that Michael, a bisexual man is with a woman because you don't want anyone to be in the middle of your ship yet. Alex, you're okay with him dating a man and somehow that's not getting in the way of your ship. So for me, and this is not saying that anyone who ships Alex with a new person is biphobic, but there are certain arguments within that that hit me very much as biphobic reaction to mm-hmm. what is happening in the show. It's just one certain specific argument that I have a problem with. If you mm-hmm. don't like my Luca because you because Maria and Alex are friends and you think this is, you know, Alex's way of dealing with that, I don't care. You don't have whatever, fine. But it's the way that it's talked about that is biphobic. And that is where the breakdown on Tumblr and I got just everybody came at me one day and I don't really care because I'm not saying that everyone or all this whole group is biphobic. I'm saying one specific argument is biphobic in its core and just admit it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, you can say that you don't like my Luca because it gets in the way of your ship. That's fine. That's a valid reason. But then the same has to go for Alex and this new character. You have to oh, say, I don't ship Absolutely. them because they get in the way of my ship. If you're only mad at my Luca for getting in the way of your ship, I think you need to examine why you are against my Luca. I mean, for me, aside from all of what you guys said, which I agree with, you know, again, you don't have to ship Michael and Maria. I don't ship them. It's valid. Um, you know, whatever reason. Right. But um, for me, it's more like... How can you ship someone with someone you know nothing about? Like, we're not even sure who plays him, what his name is. We're not even sure. Forrest could be his brother, yeah, by the exactly. way. I just want to throw that out we there. We don't know how he's introduced. We don't know how their relationship is going to build up. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Like, he could be, you know, an undercover Project Shepherd agent or something, you know? It's At this point, it's spite shipping, which mm-hmm. again, yeah. if that makes you happy, then that's do your thing. But I want everyone, for the nine people who are going to still be listening and not have turned this off in a rage, (laughs) I just want everyone to be cognizant of the fact that there are bisexual people in this fandom who are in male-female relationships. And so when some of these discussions happen, it becomes personal, it becomes not about the show, and it's not about Malik's. You are attacking Mm -hmm. the validity of other people's relationships. Mm -hmm. That's where, that was the line for Mm -hmm. me. Is that it stopped being about Roswell Mm -hmm. and it started being about, well, you're only valid if you're with someone of the same sex and that's not how it works. And if that's how you think it works, then you need to do some soul searching and some research because that's not true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and I'm sorry, like you can call it spite shipping, but we know literally nothing about this character and you're already shipping with them because it's another man. It's not, it's not even, to me, it's not even spite shipping. It's just fetishizing the gay relationship, the the relationship between two men. And so for me, it's that they don't even, almost they don't even ship Malik's the way they are. They just want, they just want to watch the two hot guys make out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, now we have lost our entire following. <laughs> yeah. Um, and since we're on a roll here, um, I know, Amanda, you agree with me um, mm-hmm. about shippers and Malik's shippers part of the fan- Malik's fandom not being, not having any patience with the ship. Mm-hmm. And I think we've uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, but um, I think some of it it comes from you know having like being used to having the whole show at hand ready at hand and knowing where it's going to go you know i think i watch a lot of shows um when they were over so you know where the story ends you know and that's you know it's fine but um that's not the case here like we have one season literally in a show that as being stated to be have been thought out for five at least mm-hmm. right which means we have 20 percent of the story yeah exactly so at the very least right so mm-hmm. like how can you say and i've seen this i'm not talking about one single person mm-hmm. because i've seen this in the tags on my posts like day after day after day of being like we could have had it all i'm like yeah. What the hell? Like, it's been one season. And, like, I would get it if we only had season one. But since we've been renewed mm-hmm. and from the spoilers that we got, we know that Malix is not going to be, like, 100% over. Like, right. we're, going, we're mm-hmm. going to get content that we're going to, you know, build up a different relationship, but still a relationship. So, like, how can you say that? This doesn't, doesn't make any sense for me. And I hate that. I think it's just this sense of... Right, like dramatic negativity is usually what it comes down to. Yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily get it. Maybe because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe because I'm really have not been involved in that much fandom stuff. I haven't really gotten emotionally involved in TV shows in my life. I don't really care. Um, if they were over completely, the day Roswell, New Mexico ends, then we can say this is what we could have had. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is what, whatever, whatever, the, your list of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And we probably will do that when the show ends, if we're still in fandom. We haven't been kicked out after this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Blacklisted, all of us. Right? God, please. But at this point in time, it's like, we don't know what else we're going to get. So we, you know, we don't know anything at all. I mean, it's not over. So, I mean, I just want people, Mm -hmm. I want fandom to be fun. I want it to be Mm -hmm. something that is not stress, stressing people out Mm -hmm. to that extent. I mean, the show stresses me out all the time, but not to that extent. Mm -hmm. It's making you unhappy and genuinely affecting your mood or any of that. Then, then maybe it's time you took a step back. Maybe it's time that we figure out why it's it's that when the show's not even over yet. We have a lot of time. Yeah. Are we finally done talking about fandom? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. <laughs> For now. We have alienated like the whole fandom, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now let's start talking about season two, which is 800 years away. We want a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Release the trailer. We don't care if it's shit quality. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm dying. It's going to be almost a year of a hiatus. I did not sign up for that. <laughs> anyway, continue. Season two. All right. 
Season two, um, we had some questions. Um, Leslie from Tumblr asked what our hopes were for season two. And then Gracie on Twitter, uh, Spear Gracie, wanted to know our thoughts on Malik's developing a friendship in season two. Oh, I'm so excited (laughs) because that's all I want. All I want is to see. So a lot of season one, we didn't really get to see a lot of the foundation like that, you know, that because there was so much time in between when episode six and then the rest of the timeline or the rest of the show. Um, I'm excited to see the foundation of it. I want them to be friends. Go for a fucking cup of coffee. I don't care. <laughs> Just do something that is not so intense that it, it frays your nerves and it leaves you ragged mm-hmm. at the end of it. Just be friends. Because... Those two can't just be friends. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is they're going to build a friendship and then it's going to turn into something more and we get to watch it. I can't wait. Like that's like fanfic on screen. I mean, we get to watch them falling in love. Okay. Friends to lovers. Yes. Lovers to friends to lovers. <laughs> lovers to friends to lovers. There you go. This is great. Slow burn. This is great. Right. Mutual pining. I know, right? Yeah. All of these things are things that I look for on AO3 and now I get to see them on my screen potentially. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I think that that's the healthiest way to get a long-term ship is to have them be friends. I mean, to build that here. Yes. Yeah. And we've said this a million times over uh, during this episode already, but let them talk, like Mm -hmm. actually talk, like have a proper conversation that is not interrupted by someone else or is not, you know, someone walking away or Mm -hmm. getting angry or whatever. And it's not all in metaphors. Yeah. Thank you. I want a conversation that's not complete metaphors. Yeah. Like spell it out because you two clearly don't get it. So and I I, I haven't really been paying attention to what Karina has been saying or like anything she's dropped about Malik's or whatever. But um, even just a little bit we got in that trailer that we definitely didn't see because no one leaked it from Comic-Con. No. <laughs> um, I didn't see it. Mm-mm. I've never seen it. I'm recorded on someone's shitty phone. What? But from what we can guess from that trailer, um, it looks like they do continue on with their patented Malik's intensity of, you know, if I left Roswell right now, would you, whatever yeah. the line is. With with tears in Michael's eyes. I can't. Oh my God. God. So that's what we have in store. I hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about the friendship. Um, I really want to see more about the lost decade. And I think Karina replied to me actually and said we're going to see some of the summer after senior year. Yeah. So that's exciting. And mm-hmm. also, I just want them to keep being supportive and vulnerable with each other you know be family and and i really i'm excited to see alex be there for michael while he spirals yes Yes. if only because i have a list of gift sets to make if we get some scenes that i think we're gonna get and it's all about me obviously Um, (laughs) very selfish i'd really like to make those (laughs) but for real all jokes aside i think that that will be not only is that a shipper's dream but i think it's um, it's going to be an interesting part of their character development together and separate. Mm-hmm. You know, if Alex provides Michael with, again, a safe space or a safe a safe place to fall apart, I think is would be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also what's really exciting that um, at New York Comic Con that both Flamis and Tyler, I think, said that, I mean, it's still Malik's 
right? So that's still going to be sexual tension, and you know, there's it's still them. Yeah. So there's sexual tension no matter what they do. Good God. Mm-hmm. I mean, and what is really funny to me, like even thinking about it, I was just like, oh my God, how this is is this gonna go? Is that they apparently they're going to talk to each other about their new like dating. And, you know love interest and something and i'm like ah, how is that gonna go jealous malix yes but i know karina said she didn't want to write jealousy that's what's interesting about it is that she didn't want to write it. but it's like how would you do you expect me to believe they wouldn't be jealous because yeah, how? how out of character yeah, I, would that be ma'am that would be a fic i would never read on ao3 yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, one more thing that we should talk about in season two. We talked a lot about Malik's being together and their relationship developing, whether it's a friendship or whatever. I'm really interested to see how they develop separately as characters in season two. Right. Because, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to kind of build this friendship, but I want them to kind of kind of go their separate ways a little bit and then come back together because I feel like there's going to be a lot of development there. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I, you know, I'm maybe I'm just... I'm tired of sort of everyone being in isolation for one another. And this isn't just Michael and Alex. It's everyone in general mm-hmm. um, gets so isolated from everyone. Um, so I want them interacting so we can get to know Alex a lot more than we have. Yeah. I want to see more of his like military back- background even and, and more relationships because like in episode two where when he's at the bar, you know, he has some some friends there with him and I'm like I wanna meet his friends. Yeah, I wanna meet his friends. Like there's no way like in ten years he hasn't made like meaningful connections with people, you know? Mm-hmm. So like I want to see someone. Well, we do have 7,000 new cast members for season two. So oh yeah, chances are one of them will be Alex's friends. Every day I wake up, I feel like I see a new cast member. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm excited to see Alex go a bit, a little bit rogue. Mm, yeah. Like, Hell yeah. You know, because we know that Michael is going to spiral, but it seems like from the spoilers that Alex actually is going to go on a little bit of a spiral himself. Which is exciting um, because he's been so in control the whole for the whole of season one, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to for him to be maybe lose a little bit of that control that he has over himself. Yeah, absolutely. Let him let him explode out. Let, let him you know let it let out those emotions. I mean, mm-hmm. he 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 needs to. I mean, I'm all for letting Alex be more of a badass. Yeah, um, because I think that that's. It's good for him as a character in general, but it's also in terms of our ship, you know. I think mm-hmm. that it's going to be super interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is our Malik's episode. But before we let you guys go, we wanted to take a minute and talk about a new project that we're working on um, with several other members of the Roswell fandom that's going to launch early next year. It's going to be a website called Not That Complicated. So. Thanks, Garen, once again. Um, And it is going to be a a source for LGBTQ characters, relationships, shows. We're going to have, it's going to be the new home for Queer Alien Blast, but it's also going to have news and reviews and meta and hopefully more podcasts eventually. And um, we're all really excited about it. And it's going to launch early next year. I'm personally really excited about it. It's been my my baby for months. So Oh, it's yeah. gonna be wonderful. I'm super excited. This is Sarah's idea, by the way. Yes. Sarah is like she's the queen. She came to us, we discussed it. I couldn't I'm so excited to see what we do. So you guys are really gonna love it. All right. Uh th- 
thank you guys for listening and we will have the next topic out soon. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.